Welcome to another episode of the Talk Tonight podcast. Can I just start by saying a massive thank you again to everyone who listened to the episode with Colin Petrie last week. The feedback I've received from the episode has been phenomenal and I have shared that with Colin and he was so excited to hear some of your comments, so thank you very much. Before I introduce today's guest, I've got a really important message I would like to share with you all and I hope that someone out there can help. So, a friend's husband, Scott, has been sadly diagnosed with a rare form of leukaemia and he requires a match for a bone marrow transplant. This has been really tough for the family who have two young daughters and currently they can't visit him in hospital due to the pandemic. They haven't seen their dad in over three weeks now and this will only increase. So please, 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 if you have some time, if you're between the ages of 17 and 55, if you could register on the link I'm going to give you, this could honestly save Scott's life. The family are in desperate need of a donor. So it, the website is www.dkms.org.uk forward slash Scott, which is S-C-O-T-T. I will share it out via the link in my bio and also on Instagram stories again this week. Please, please, if you have a couple of minutes today, go onto that link and register. You could really save someone's life. So on to today's episode. It is with the captivating Rachel Sermani. We had an unbelievable chat. We just connected. It was so great when you get that moment. We talked about songwriting in depth. We talked about our feelings about music and how it why do we feel certain way about certain songs and moments in our life? We talked about the pandemic. Rachel has a young daughter. We talked a bit about family and recording and her new songs that are coming out in an EP very, very soon. So check Rachel out on Instagram. I'll share the links via the page, but sit down and really enjoy this episode. This is fantastic. Welcome to another episode of the Talk Tonight podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined remotely, as we are in lockdown, uh, by Rachel Sermani. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Lee. Very happy to be, yeah, joining you in this what in this realm. <laughs> yeah, we're in another universe online, <laughs> and everyone's doing it at the moment. It's got to be done. We've got to be in lockdown. So, I always start by asking that you kind of just touched on it there. How? How are you feeling about life right now and how do you feel just in this moment? That's a nice question. Um, nice question to start. In this moment, it's like um, I've just been for a walk along the beach. I live in Portobello near in Edinburgh and um, the snow has been unreal and I just took a really glorious walk. The sky is blue. Uh, so I'm feeling like Oh, really nice uh, in this moment. And regarding like the era that we're in right now and the fact that we are having this conversation virtually um, and remotely um, due to the whole lockdown situation and this whole new reality that we're, we've been in for like an, a year now. Yeah. Um, I with with like total respect and and reverence and understanding uh that this has been like a difficult time for like many including myself at different at different stages like i do feel like uh i'm feeling gratitude um for various reasons for the re- you know i guess 
it's it's uh, been like a funny year. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's been no gigs, which was my job. Um, yeah. And uh, but it's even in on that realm, like there's so many different layers. But like in the realm of of gig and career, and also just like the nice thing about my job is also that I love doing it. It's a passion also. And performance, I realize, is like a huge part of that passion. It's not that I'm not um, just into the writing aspect. I really like, you were speaking about communication earlier on, and I just think that's maybe my form of communication and expression. And having conversations like this is my favorite kind of conversation where we're talking about what, interests us and about these passions and creativity for me like possibly for you is very much uh forefront of everything I do and 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 everything uh, the way I see things I guess that's how I frame everything is through creation and expression oh. and uh it was like it was um it's been uh a journey of like self-confidence a wee bit because I was without that sort of external affirmation through gigs um, that, you know, even just the affirmation that you kind of have a job in society um, are, and, and then, you know, the attachment to a gig being an affirmation for sure of some sort um, people, applauding applauding or uh there being cds that you sell at the end or uh just that sense of warmth between you and another person like that was really lacking and made me realize that um i lack confidence in 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 most other areas of my life and i'd like really cultivated like this warmth and confidence in the performance sphere and the creative making sphere but elsewhere there was like this lack of self-confidence and lack of self-worth which I've just like um really just dived into for the past year so I'm kind of grateful for the struggle because it it's probably made me a bit more of a rounded human being yeah I think I think we're all feeling like a lot of changes happened uh, I felt that way about a few things in life. It's kind of just made me think differently about things. I actually listened to a, a recording this morning of a podcast with Matt Berenger from The National and uh, Julia Stone. And just what they were talking about, about, you know, just seeing everything in that moment and not thinking too far ahead and just being present. I, I just yeah. kind of, that's really resonated with me quite a lot recently. But I want to talk about... Uh, you kind of mentioned at the start about about songs and 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 how you feel about that. What well, where does that song begin for you? Has that changed? Maybe a two part question. Has that changed how you how you write songs as before lockdown and as in we're now in lockdown through the pandemic? And where does it all begin for you when when the song idea comes? Mm. Um. Um. So. It's cool because like I'm trying to like break these things down myself um, for for my own um, for my own podcast. I've been trying to like <laughs> like delve into this world of like how does it why does what does, what happens? This is like therapy for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and um, 
lockdown was interesting. What's what's like an additional thing that I would add to this is that the kind of a year before lockdown, um, or two two years before lockdown, I, I gave birth, and so a whole a whole aspect of my being like um, changed there and then, and I'm still kind of. Uh, and I say recovering in the most positive way. It's just like I'm still like figuring out what my process is since that's happened. Yeah. Um, let alone since lockdown happened. Um, so so it kind of came in two parts. Like when I first became a mother, I recognized a, a shift just in my access to creativity initially. And that was through like practical things of even just sharing a house with someone um, and a baby. Um, neither of uh, m- m- my uh, partner at the time and Rosa's daddy, we were not together for a very long time when I got pregnant. So we were in no way living together. And I'd never lived with anybody really before. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm um mum to a tiny one and uh and living with somebody who I've never lived with before. <laughs> God you went for it. <laughs> so, so it was like intense as you can imagine. Yeah. And um and I really felt uh like there was no space for me. Like that was the story in my head was like I can't find the space to create. Um and and so it's been a sort of recovering of that, but also like a total recalibrating. But I would say that, um, and and so for me, space is space, physical space, like having like a corner um, to work from, but also trusting in in like uh, the non moments, in the moments that feel stagnant, are um, I'm really into the concept of liminal spaces just now okay. and uh, and it makes sense to me in the sense that before before I was a mama and and during my process of writing songs then it's much the same as it is now because a lot of what comes comes from the liminal spaces so from sleep I used to derive so much of the information and contents of my my songs from my dreams, like um, images, symbolism. Um, they were often they were often just like really straightforward and visceral. Um, in that they they kind of like you don't have to overthink it. It was like my dreams were just giving me really nice metaphors or really nice images that I could put into a song, and then also they were applied to my living life, which is what songs to me are. Also, they're a processing of what's going on. Um, but usually, a song doesn't come until I've processed it, and that's why like rest of some kind, whether that's um, being in a non-space where nothing's happening uh, or where it feels like nothing's happening, which is is another lovely symbol of like lockdown right now. Yeah. Is that this is kind of like a, a massive pause at the end of the 
breath (laughs) (laughs) and we're all just waiting for either our exhale or our inhale to like return and in that moment like I feel like there's loads of potential um so a lot of so in a in a sort of I don't know if I'm fully answering your question or it's definitely an abstract way to look at it but uh maybe but essentially a lot of my songs begin in these kind of spaces yeah I get you I feel I feel I I totally I'm just sitting here picturing you awake a lot of nights with writing your dreams down and like visualizing and getting up (laughs) would you go and do that straight away would you would you get up through the night and go and write and maybe record or would you leave it to the morning how do you do you sit on it a bit or when I was um before before when I didn't uh prioritize sleep so deeply um (laughs) I, I I would yeah I would I had a book beside my bed always and I would write um and I, I, it's much the same these days, like, but what I, my pattern now, uh, as you evolve, as you will know, when you're, when you've got a wee one, so in the mornings, um, when I have Rosa, um, in the mornings, if I've got Rosa making breakfast or whatever, instead of writing, I just record the dream into my phone. And that's quite a fun method to do it because you're still half asleep and you've still got your dream logic hat on. You're not like fully rational. So it's quite fun listening back to them because <laughs> it's like I'm talking in this such a in a matter of fact way, but but to actually hear the dreams, it's uh to actually hear what I'm matter of factly speaking about, it's ridiculous um when you've got your normal waking day hat on. Um but th- what's interesting I'd say now is that I, I still process my dreams in that I think for me it's important to acknowledge them when I remember. If I, if I wake up and I have a, have a dream in my memory from the night, um, I kind of like have this belief that like it, it'll, it'll like sort of drain my energy if I don't give it a wee bit of attention there and then and yeah. try to remember it um, because something psychologically is going on or unconsciously is going on and even if I don't have the chance to analyze it or get like look at the symbols within it even speaking it is a sort of processing method that means I'm not stuck in it for the rest of the day um but also these days I've also found means to means to dream in like my waking life so <laughs> that's like a superhero power. It's brilliant, yeah, and it's like we all we all do it. Is that daydream? Like, <laughs> like I do that every day, basically. And um, I guess like s- sort of seeing the world through the lens as you would uh, fr- through your like dream eyes, and and that way you actually end up picking up symbols throughout the day um, that are just like basically handy content. For me, for writing songs, I know when I'm uh, writing and, and doing things creatively that I I've said this a few times on some of the podcasts that I will maybe stop and look at it and go, actually I don't really like that, and then I'll hide yeah. it away, and then maybe I'll come back to it six months later and go, actually was that that really that bad that chorus I did there, or could that be something? How do yeah. you feel when you've got maybe something you've you've wrote a little memo or something you've got a little note you've got a little audio recording as well? Are you would you go and attack it and, and finish it or would you leave it let it lie for a little bit? I'm with you on that. Like I often would, 
let it lie I would often like my my inner critic would be like nah and then you go back through your recordings and you you find uh we gems that it's so funny I don't know what that must be that that we yeah you just sometimes you're so close to something that you don't actually see it for what its potential is yeah um and actually recently I've got um an EP coming and uh recorded four tracks over lockdown with uh, my friend Finn who's the singer from Fink and he was producing like um remotely from his studio in Berlin and I would just send him these songs but when we were choosing the songs I sent him all the demos that I'd written from from um pre-pregnancy pregnancy and post-pregnancy like just like all of the, <laughs> what I had and most of them weren't at all finished they were like a lot of me just being like nah 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 but I was like well I, I have to send him something so I sent him everything and there was like this huge like um energy around one song that like whoever I let hear it they were like it's great it's great let's do that one and I was like so unenthused <laughs> about it. I was like, nah, nope. Um, I'd written it in like eight minutes for a wee exercise that I'd been doing with two other friends. We we had like a, um, I was inspired by another friend in America who had started this group called Song Every Week. And it was just an email thread with a bunch of musicians on it. And the challenge was you had to write a song every week and it wasn't to be perfect. It was just something that we then sent to the group and everybody listened to everyone's offerings and you'd written a song every week. And if you didn't write it, then you were out the group for that round. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fun. And and usually actually the challenge for me was listening to all, like there were like in the initial group that I joined there were like 20 of them so you were listening to a lot of music and me being technically um, not the best like I never knew how to store the music on my computer so it would always get lost and anyway um, I did this with two friends there were only three of us in the group that was much more manageable um, for because the whole idea wasn't just that you submitted your song but that you actually partook in listening to the other people's songs yeah that's nice i like that idea yeah it's like a really it, and it gives you this sense of collective and community and a collective like um endurance i guess and effort you know and some some of these people they were like amazing songwriters that i knew um in the external world but you were hearing these rough sketches or you were just hearing them work away yeah. And it's really inspiring to like to be on the inside like that, and uh, yeah. So I thought that would be really handy for me to do with two people who I, who were are my dear friends, and also I was mentoring them at the time, and uh, and I'd written this song like in a very short space of time, just because I had to to do it because I had to write a song for the week and submit it before the end of the week, <laughs> and. Uh, didn't think anything of it and uh, and almost had a disdain for it. And yet there was this, like, definite... Um, Outpouring of love for it. <laughs> right. Everybody else quite liked it. And that's it that's a weird thing to think about as well, that uh, just while you were talking there, I was thinking, that I've, 
shown people stuff and they're like, mm, they give you that face and mm, don't know about that. And, but you love it and it's the other way around. And like, how do you battle with that when you're pulling mm. together songs for the EP or, or, or your albums that you've done in the past? That must be such a battle in the mind to like say, Absolutely. well, is it about me and what I like or is it about the people that enjoy coming to see me? What would they like? How do you battle with that? Yeah, good. Another good question. Because like, as soon as you described that thing of like you playing something to someone that you love, or playing something that you love to someone, um, and then being like, hmm, like it gives you such a funny feeling, and or it gives me such a funny feeling in your in the tummy, just like almost like a slight like gutted feeling. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit of a disappointment. Like, oh damn. Um, how do I respond in that circumstance? I think, I think um, when it's that way around rather than, so that's like the opposite of what I was describing of like them liking it and me not liking it. When you, when you really like something and, um, and someone else, ha- I guess it just depends on who that person is that's listening um, because I think it's really important to listen to what your gut is saying regarding a tune or a song because um, it's, in essence, it's like if it's something that you made, it's um, it's a part of you in that moment. It's like an expression of of whatever it is that you're trying to... Yeah, I get you. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah, it's so kind of... And and I don't even mean on like it's really important to have people like to be exposed to people not enjoying what you do. I think that's really important and totally fine. But it's it's what you do with that. I think if you're if you're in the if you're always in a people pleasing mentality, then then it's probably not gonna serve you in the long run. And um and it's also not it's not like offering you in your fullest because because what you're offering instead is a people-pleasing aspect of yourself rather than a maybe something that's more challenging yeah sometimes which which actually i think music is a wee bit sometimes about having a challenge about being challenged like sometimes um within like the pop culture and the mainly you know like where i'm in it's not pop but it's like indie folky poppy kind of world the songs are, the songs are like mainly uh easy going and like not too hard on the ears um harmonically or melodically but say like in in jazz in a lot of jazz music it's like you get really disgusting noises coming out of um, <laughs> the, the, the music you know it's quite grating sometimes or it, it's a challenge and I think that like yeah you you just don't want to um you don't want to displease people all the time but I think some some of the songs for example that I've written are um are less sonically pleasing for people or maybe the subject matters not um so comfortable um it's been appreciated by less but by less a, a less amount of people but it's been like really appreciated by a few yeah yeah i get you yeah it's um so yeah it's a really strange thing as well i was kind of, 
when I was younger, I wrote, I used to write all the time, and then I managed to somehow get one of the songs uh, to Travis. I don't know how. I, I think it was on a forum back back in the days when we used forums, and uh, I sent it, and I got an email, like a message on the forum from Fran Healy saying, "I really loved your song," and like, uh, but he said, "All all I want you to do is think about the chorus at the end of it, and I treat it as a seaplane coming in." onto the water and then for that last outro the seaplane taking off again he says that's, <laughs> and i just love that like total analogy i was just like like it stuck with me for my whole my days and i just wow. i know it's like fran wow i can't believe one he's replied and like two he listened to the actual song but i've actually still got that song sitting to the day and i haven't done anything with it and i, I promise <laughs> because i don't know i don't know i'm too scared to try and make it any different or any better <laughs> Because of his it's words, but yeah, it's stuck in my head. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I've got to, I've got to send it to you after, and it's an old thing, and I don't know. Maybe we could, maybe somebody could do something with it. But the, the essence of the question, really, I want to ask you what, what? That's what Fran's opinion was of of a certain section of a song. But what's your opinion on what the roots of a great song for you? You kind of discussed your process and your thoughts a bit, but that root down of a song, you know, is it the chord, is it a starting chord, is it the key, is it the vocal, or is it a, a word, you know, where is it for you, where does it start? Cool. Um, I love songs. <laughs> I just love it. I know, I um, can tell. <laughs> and I think there's lots of, like, there's lots of ways to look at it. And you know what? I'll just stick with my with what comes to mind straight away in terms of um, because you could probably get multiple answers. Um, t- to me, what seems important what seems important to me, and and it's this isn't also to like negate um, the other options um, of what make a good song, but essentially like something about authentic expression um is what like when i'm listening to something it's like it's when i it's when i'm held by the person who's sing, who's performing or who's written the song and that could be in their words or it could be in the way they play the guitar it's almost like maybe what i'm saying is like there's something about the the song itself the words themselves the instrument and the cards used being like a vehicle like a conduit for whatever the person is expressing um but when it comes to so for example what would be an example so so it could be as simple as if if someone really means what they're saying um or is if you just know that they've they've gone through the experience that they're expressing somehow yeah um that seems to stop me uh in my tracks yeah me too i would agree i yeah i can feel that that's like that moment i think sometimes as well just with songs that Sometimes I think people expect them to go, like, I know I do at times if it's an artist, I like that you expect that chord change and you think it's going to go, you know, I've always, I've always loved, like, the G going into, like, 
G and then F sharp and then that walk down into A minor and things yeah. like that. And I'm like, that oh, that didn't go that way. And then that transforms you into another sort of like, sometimes I think songs, people expect them to go a certain way. I don't know if I'm making that clear, but right. <laughs> do you get that? No, you, no, no, yeah, yeah. That's really... Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I think it's often, and that's another thing for me is that, um, that that thing that you just described there of like, um, whatever maybe you expect to happen, there's there's um there's two things on that on that front that come to mind, which is one that like, when someone does what is expected, maybe melodically or harmonically. Um, you just know when they're doing it, not because they're following a formula, but because it suits the song. Yeah. You kind of like, or I, I definitely feel like I know when, when someone's done it because, because they mean it, and when someone's done it because they think that that's where you're meant to go. So there's there's that aspect, and then when someone says or does something in a song that is a bit unusual, that that you didn't see coming. I think that's also really compelling because again, it's almost like it's it's probably why I like is well, I mean it's artistry, I guess, because what they're doing is ex- expressing their viewpoint, and 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 we are interested to even wonder why they would have chosen that. Like Travis, for example, some of the like I don't know all their songs, but um, like I think he even in the way he like delivered his advice to you um the image that he used and the cho- the choice he made to deliver that advice like that was um like the the concepts that he comes up with for the songs yeah rather than just saying i think you need a better outro and that i mean that would probably have floored yeah, me like, going move like... to the g and, <laughs> um, and and play it louder and uh and 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 go up an octave with your voice or it's like it's more like how how does he's trying to like he's trying to ask you what it feels like yeah. he's trying to like let you know what it feels like and and i think sometimes something that's really compelling is like an image that that you've you've never seen in your mind's eye before yeah every time i i, I think about i haven't done it for a while i did some stuff last year with friends and when i do write i always think about that you know, not in terms of like I need to write a hit. Like I know that, like that I don't write like that. When I was younger, I probably did think, "Oh, we need to get a record deal. We need to do something." But now it's more like, just I think of Fran and I think, how can I make this song better and the vision of it in my mind and where it's going, uh, like sonically right. and stuff. Like that. So I always kind of relate back to that and try and think. But so- it, it actually it leads beautifully into this sort of next segment. I wanted to talk about one of your songs. I know this might be a little bit embarrassing maybe but uh, there's a song you've got that i absolutely love and um it's called waltz and um yeah it's a bit of a, an older one shall we say from yeah from down the years but i just loved that you know, this has been coming up in music so much but people when you get fans that maybe come up to you and go i loved you wrote about this subject or I, it meant so much to me but it might mean something totally different to you and i, I kind of get this feeling in this song a little bit and this is then. This is. I'll give you my opinion, and you could say, "Lee, you're totally wrong." But that's the that's the joy of music. I think that you can find something right. in it. So, and I'm just going to read out some of these words. I hope this isn't too embarrassing. But may I have the pleasure of your hand to lead this dance, aware that you will tread upon my toes, 
and in hopelessness I spin you and suddenly I'm lost. I wear you, tear the tethers of my skirt. And then it moves into this section. I for I for I've uh, was hurt a few times and I've heard this band before. So I started thinking about the sentiment of the song as that you've been in a position that you were in before. You were maybe dreaming of someone or you were or missing something or was it just escapism for you? So I just wanted to delve in, lift the hood up on that song a little bit and I don't know if you could maybe tell us your thoughts about where you were at that point and you know, maybe I was totally wrong, but that's what I took from the song. You totally, I think you like, you basically... Uh got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk before no, the podcast by the way this no, is right this is... That quite literally quite well and i mean it is it's like um there's symbol in there as you and you exactly like it that song that image was a dream and uh that i had i think i was like 15 when i wrote this song so wow. it was quite a long time ago but um it it, it was a dream of a boy that I fancied. <laughs> and we were dancing and we were dancing and um, and I actually still remember the image of the dream. Sometimes it's funny because the dreams that I've written songs about remain, remain vivid as images in my head, yeah. which I don't know what that's about, but it's cool. But I, I see this like ballroom floor, which is black and white, um, like checkers. And uh, yeah, so there's there's this notion of of going for something, but also being having gone through it before, like you said. So you kind of like you hit the nail on the head there. Um, (laughs) It's like a total innocent song of like literally um, going for something and expecting and uh, having known rejection, probably. like. See those words that you've used for this song, let's choose this song because we're we're talking about it. You know, I think think a big thing that a lot of songwriters I've spoken to down the years and friends and things struggle with is having a set of lyrics maybe first and then knowing where to go with it. Is it, you know, you get this thing, I'll make a happier song or a more positive uh, melodically song where does it sit for you when you did you have these words first and you had some notes then does it that make your decision about where you go in terms of like the chord structure and, and how you want it to sound yeah um <clears throat> if I remember right I think especially around that time I had a very like particular process which was that um I imagine I imagine um, that this was kind of a, a spontaneous occurrence. So it would have been me and the guitar. It usually, like in that time, it started off with me playing with things on the guitar, and I would like humdrum some so- like songy word over the top, um, o- over the top of my chord structure, um, and. And often, maybe in in that childlike aspect, it often just led quite quickly into a song. There was no like thinking about it too much. But um, what I know was definitely kind of on purpose was the rhythm of the song. It's like in three, four. Yeah. It's, you know what? What's funny is actually it's not in three, four, but at the time I thought it was in three. It has a movement of three, but I actually think it's in four. I think I always remember my 
the per- Louis, do you know Louis Abbott of Admiral Fallow? Uh, I know the band, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I don't know of Louis, but oh, I know. Cool. I know the band, yeah. A wonderful band. So Louis and um, Phil, who's the drummer in Admiral Fallow, were both my drummers when we recorded that album, and um, they kind of like had a whole percussion system on the go between them, and they always joked that like. It was in four. I think it's in four anyway. But <laughs> but in my head, <laughs> it's a waltz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's got that sort of one, two, three, one, two, three sort of feel to it. Um, and that was, I think that was the inspiration probably for, like, I, I had the dream. So I had an image. And and it's probably that I ha- I, I had an idea that, like, asking someone to dance it's in its immediate sense it's kind of a vulnerable yeah um and and i probably also had quite a straightforward idea that if it's if it's a waltz if it's a ballroom dance um then there was this notion that it would be it would have that air to it um so I can't say what came first in that circumstance, but I can make it like a good guess that with the help of what I already had, which was the symbol that came from the dream and the image that came from the dream, yeah. um, I probably had quite a like vivid idea and direction to go from. I I just I love it I love it so much it just like see I'm I have a lot of music on in the car and this is what I kind of want to ask as well is that. You know, a lot of people listen to music and it takes them somewhere. It might be a place or somewhere back in their childhood. I know this will be quite a tough one to answer, but why do you, why do you think music does that to people where they, they hear a song and instantly they can be taken back to a moment in time and it reminds them of someone or that moment? Why do you think that is with music? Is it is just the universe being crazy or what? <laughs> Our brains are like pretty, like amazing, and we don't know much about them, do we? And they say that like smell is the most evocative thing, don't they? Like yeah. they say that like a smell can can like yeah, it can light up your brain and your memories, like yeah. no other thing. I think the thing about a song and in, in the way like it's almost like you chose a song that you interpreted exactly as it was for me as well but yeah. in certain circumstances <laughs> oh and by the way i just wanted to add that we were also had a mention of roddy hart way back uh before this recording started and roddy helped me with the end of waltz um he brought he there's like a end part that goes i waltz with you in dreams and he came up with that wee bit um so thanks roddy uh, <laughs> He's a great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good question. And why? Why? <laughs> I feel like, right. So in terms of like the thing of interpreting something, the cool thing about a song, it's almost like with a smell. Yeah. You can't interpret smell. It takes you directly to the memory that brought, that was there before. Um and the feeling or whatever. And in some ways, a song is a little bit more ambiguous and maybe it's interpreted first and it's that interpretation that takes you to your own 
experience um, that's so interesting about a song and it's such a mystery and I think it's why it's like you can never you could never demystify the songwriting process or the music like the listening process I don't think yeah it's so special right it's so special and it's so mysterious and talking about it doesn't change that or like trying to get to the bottom of it and you could come up with so many lovely like theories but you know like some some songs i guess <laughs> i knew loads of um mainly um m- men who just couldn't listen to the bonnie Ver album um emma because they'd always had breakups to that song <laughs> um, so like it just made them really sad um and so we've got like maybe eras particular eras that we listen to albums so then when we listen again it sort of immediately evokes that time like that's more you can sort of trace that route yeah but like say if you're just listening to a song for the first time ever and somehow it evokes a memory in you or the thought of a person like that's mysterious yeah i've had that happen well i've actually I did some a, a, a bit of charity stuff and I wrote a book called Bookmarks and it was inspired a little bit by actually we were talking about Roddy his first album called the Bookmarks album, yeah. yeah yeah it was inspired about the title was inspired by that but it was about looking yeah. back and 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 seeing the songs that I've went through in my life and have affected me uh, and my mental health and it was looking at that point of affecting you positively but also it can be some of a hindrance as well where I've had experiences of music where it's taken me back to a point um i'll use the example of my, my dad passing away but yeah. mine comes through with music in seasons for some reason where at mm. a certain point of the year i'll maybe listen to a certain album or something to take in and sometimes i want to be taken back to feel that season or maybe the cold wind or the frost sure. or something like that so it all kind of interlinks into what you said about s- smells and taste and it's so crazy. It freaks me out a little bit, like how like <laughs> how it does that to you. But I, I totally. What are your like, do you have like do you have anything on your like that you that you like return to season on season? That's been like the case for like years. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> it's it's whether uh, so, the person that I've is booked to work a lot of my life uh, mm-hmm. has had some, shall, shall we say, issues. And that's been actually a big challenge in the last year. And he's in, he was in the book and it was a, it was really difficult for me to, should I include it or not? And it, it was a singer-songwriter called uh, Ryan Adams, which you probably read about right. all the stuff that yeah. went on with him. Mm-hmm. So it's been really difficult to process that and still listen to the music and feel the way I feel about it. But there's particular albums of his that reminds me of my dad being unwell and things like that. But I can listen to that album uh, now without any sort of pain or you know feeling it you know it makes me feel emotional because of the songs but it can take me right back into that part of my life and I can yeah it sounds daft and people say why would you want to relive it but sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to go back to that period to kind of think about your that person you know I totally so I totally, it's a weird thing to yeah. explain to people I don't sometimes don't everyone understands it and that's why I try to do that sort of bit in the book but I don't know how you feel about that it's crazy no I, I hear you and I think I would say that like I just I just had a walk with a really good friend who's lost someone uh in the last week 
and we were talking about grief and the fact that she was worrying that the neighbours had heard her crying. Um, and and, and re- at the start of this year, I had my own experience of grief and I was making all my noises for the neighbours to hear as well. And huh. what I think is funny is that like there's no shame in that and also that there's layers, like the thing that, you know, they say that grief comes in waves and I think it's really beautiful to invite it in. And another friend recently said that like the longing, um, that feeling of longing is like a really special kind of love. And when I, when I listen to particular, like in resonance with you returning to a place, like why would you do that? I totally understand why you would do that because like there's also just, it's not that you're doing it because um, for some sadistic reason to feel pain, it's yeah. it's because you want to expe- you want to feel alive. You want to feel that you want to get in touch with your love that is longing for a person that you have no other communication with anymore, and 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 grief is layered. So you could return to you could return to whatever is your access point, which in your case is is an album or a piece of music and and in your new state of your new being uh with with your all your new experience you could return to that um sort of feeling and you could see something totally new yeah and you would grow from it yeah it's so so interesting it's so Mm. like it's quite like even just listening to you talking about that and hearing the you know a songwriter and a musician and just a family person as well talking that way it does really like i feel the hairs on my neck going on like just like talking about that experience yeah. of music like it's so oh wait yeah. this is like like when you start your podcast i'm really excited to hear what uh you know where you're going to go with it and things like that so mm-hmm. it's going to be really really exciting and i feel like we could probably spend the rest of the afternoon and into the evening talking about this and maybe we maybe we, we do that again at some point but just before we sort of wrap up because I think yeah. uh, I think it's time for the kids and, and all that sort of stuff <laughs> hopes and dreams of the future you talked a little bit about your you've got an upcoming EP with some tracks on it uh, yeah. would you you know we don't know what's going to happen with the, the touring side of things but I know you've been doing a lot of live stuff on Instagram and performances and is that just yeah. the way forward at the moment do you think yeah, like, um, there's definitely some, like, yeah, I've got, like, a live gig that we're, pl- like, we've been planning sporadic live gigs. Um, otherwise, yeah, communicating, like, you, it's, it's so important to me, and the social media platforms are, like, I think, handy for that. I love to connect with people and 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 in any form of, of expression. So, yeah, social media is great in that sense, um, keeping creative like that bunch of VPs coming out and also with the podcast series that I'm doing it's like um hopefully opens up doors for me that I've been kind of itching to do for years and again thanks to lockdown have only really started building my confidence to do but I'm really 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 like passionate and interested in in talking about these things in a kind of workshop setting and um and helping people feel like capable and empowered to express their themselves because as as you'll know it's just like it's a process that's actually 
um, emotionally, mentally uh, empowering and helpful for like ex- for processing the human experience. <laughs> I think as um, well, it's just we we've scraped the surface of it a little bit today with uh, some of our chat and some of the songs. But I think yeah, it'd be, I'd be so excited to see. You get into that I think it would help people not just in life but also if they were looking to get into music and and how to express themselves and not yeah. just feel like they like you said earlier on just like just you know say how you're feeling and and, and it was also a little bit of that, that Fran said as well that in an interview I think after that you know you've got to believe in what you're saying believe in what you're writing and I feel that right. as well yeah. but well, it's gonna be so exciting when we can we expect to see uh, the podcast and the EP um, so EP is uh, the f- I've I've got um, I think that will be starting to roll out into the world um, at the end of March. Cool. So not too long. Not far away. Yeah, and hopefully the podcast I've got like a series that I think you wouldn't you would enjoy. It's all it's on a particular set of rules that were written by this really cool lady um, on having an enduring creative life <laughs> um so i've i've really enjoyed like making the series and following the series i'm going to do a workshop uh event online so yeah and i and i don't quite have a time scale for that yet but that's the plan that's really exciting rachel i just want to say a massive thank you for taking time out of every day as a, as a musician but also as a parent and uh, <laughs> you know finding some space in to do this it's been a I've just it's honestly just been brilliant like I could like I say we could go on probably another couple of hours and get right into different songs and maybe you know if there's appetite uh, and I know that a lot of young people from looking at the figures they listen in we could maybe revisit yeah. some of this and talk a bit more about the podcast you're doing as well down the line a little bit but That'd be so cool. I just want to say a massive thank you for for coming on today and having a chat about all things music it's been brilliant Thank you, Lee. You're um, you're wonderful at listening and asking questions. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, wasn't that just a phenomenal conversation? It was absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed recording that episode, and thank you, Rachel, for being so insightful and honest with your views on music, life, and also your family. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed it. There's more to come from the Talk Tonight podcast. Please follow the podcast on Instagram only, the Talk Tonight podcast. And please leave comments and share any of the episodes that you enjoyed. And I will be back soon with another fantastic guest. Take care out there, stay safe, and hopefully we will see you all soon.